Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning, everybody. What is happening? Welcome to a bonus episode of Undying Light. And by bonus, I mean this is one that we had been talking about. Um, me and the, the, my guests that were on the show with me talking about for a couple of weeks. But it was something that I wanted to do and get a couple of my patrons on the show and just to discuss some topics that we find close to heart. And uh, this doesn't have any you know, fall into place with the current schedule of such. It is simply a bonus episode for y'all to listen to. And so what we're going to do is go through some issues tonight that we have with the current state of the church. And we are going to talk primarily on those things uh, what we see because uh, we've got uh, a couple of the the individuals who are with me are not in the same state as me so they get to see other issues and uh, so we're gonna get their opinion we're gonna just kind of walk through that and uh, and and kind of see where we stand from a church perspective so uh, before we get there a little bit of house cleaning uh, again this these are for patrons and so if you contribute to patron and you want to get on the show um that invitation is always available so uh you can always dm me if you want to learn how to become a patron uh my link the link is in my link tree in the bio or you can dm me for more questions a dollar gets you access to all of the stuff that i do you can obviously give more than that and you get access to obviously be on the show with me if you choose you can uh, join us for the bi-weekly Bible studies that we do going through the Gospel of Mark right now, which both of these gentlemen have been on there with me. Um, we, uh, You get early access to the podcast. You get early access to my sermon notes. You get early access to my sermons. You get early access to any seminary notes and work uh, that I'm doing, any blog posts that I write, if I get to that. Um, 
you get access to all that stuff long before the general public does. So that's the the house cleaning. Also, August 7th kicks off eschatology. So we are just over a week away from that series going live. I'm very excited for it. And uh, and I know that uh, a couple of the people, I know these two gentlemen are. So without further ado, uh, I am going to first introduce Matthew. Go ahead and say hello to everybody. Hey, what's up? Good to be here. All right, that's enough from you. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Matt and I give each other... Uh, we kind of razz each other from time to time, so it's all good. Um, Matt, where are you from? Because you don't live in the continental United States. No, I'm from the harsh winter lands of Alaska. That place actually exists. I always thought it was a fairy tale. Yeah, it, it's um, it it's basically Canada. Um, <laughs> so I guess that kind of makes it fictional. Kind of, um, yeah. I always thought Canada was fictional. I did have a Canadian on the show though once. She was awesome, by the way. Well, I mean, it's more real than like Ohio. Yeah, nobody knows what Ohio is. Yeah. So, like, how cold is it right there? Is it snowing? <laughs> no, no, not in the not in the summer. No, we we don't get typically get snow around here in the summer. It's right now. It's just really, really windy. Um, and it gets, I'm not sure how cold it is right now, but it's too cold for me. Um, yeah, it gets, it can, it can get pretty, pretty darn cold in the winter though. Interesting. It was 90 degrees here today, so it was a little warm for me. Um, well, I'm a little jealous cause that's like, that's like where I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife loves it and I'm over here sweating like a pig. It's ridiculous. Want to switch places? No, I, if anything, I actually want to move further south because I want to get away from the, well, problem is, is we move south, you're still going to get humidity. So it's kind of like a lose-lose situation, but you won't get as harsh of winters. Illinois gets some bad winters. So the other guest that we have on tonight's show is Christopher and go ahead and say hello to everybody, Christopher. Hi, everybody. How y'all doing? So you actually run some, a, a kind of a similar thing to a podcast, right? You run what's called uh, it's it's on Tin Can. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's you tell everybody a little bit about that. Hype it up, man! It's a live broadcast on an app called Tin Can. Uh, I stumbled onto that. I think it was on Memorial Day. I saw the ads pop up all the time on Instagram. I decided, you know what? I'll try it out. Um, I kind of expected to delete it right away. I ended up getting on periodically to do uh, Bible studies, basically, kind of walkthroughs of different scriptures. Um, it's going toward a podcast eventually, but it, it is it has been fun to do. It's been really exciting to get that going. Awesome. So what do you do in terms of Bible studies? Do you just grab books and read, or do you have a plan that you go with your your watchers or listeners with? How's that um, work? I started on the scripture that came to mind when I created the account, uh, which was Nehemiah 818, Ezra Reads the Law, which is what it's called. Toying with the name change, I, I have it on pause because I'm going to be moving soon. Um, I went through that text first. Uh, subsequently, I went through Original Sin in Genesis 3. I talked about the new birth in John 3. 
And we made our way then to starting going through a harmony of the Gospels with the prologue to the Gospel of John. And we just recently did the genealogy of Jesus Christ found at the beginning of Matthew. Sounds like you got your hands full and gracious enough to join me tonight um, on this bonus episode. So, so this is, so this is something, a way that I can give back to my patrons is just get them on, have them talk about topics that kind of, you know, are at their forefront. Um, And, you know, not all the patrons obviously are podcast, uh, you know, they don't want to get on and, and record. Some of them are shy and that's perfectly fine. Um, but, uh, some people, you know, Chris and Matt, you guys both like to hear, you know, get on and talk and, and do that kind of get that out there if you would. Uh, so it was a great opportunity to do a bonus episode and get you all on here. So, but first of all, Chris, you actually are on the complete West coast of the United States, right? Absolutely. I'm in the Los Angeles area. Yes. I am terribly sorry for that. It's all right. It's all right. I I thank you for your uh, concern. Yeah, it's it's all right. It, it wasn't it like wasn't it like nine hundred degrees there today? Felt like <laughs> it. Um, the temperature I think itself didn't go too high, but we had a nice humidity cap going. Plus, we have that really awesome LA smog. So yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. It, like traps the heat in there, right? Yeah. 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 Little little fiber for the lungs. Yeah. There you go. It's a, it just tickles when you breathe. That's all right, right? <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so so I promise y'all, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a topic we want to talk about, and uh, we're going to get there. So It's flat um, earth, right? That, that's what, what you, brought, you, brought, you brought us on to talk about the earth being flat, right? Yes, we are going to discuss flat earth society. <laughs> they do have uh, believers all over the globe, so... I see what you did there. Uh, they actually posted that in a tweet once. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It's wild, man. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, no, so no flat earth. Uh, but we are going to talk about the state of theology. We're going to talk about the condition of the church. Um, obviously, this is a, tax that, a conversation that can be had in many different ways across all sorts of different platforms. I talk about it a lot when I post on Instagram. I talk a lot about it when I do my lives. Um, We've talked about it on podcasts. We've done roundtables with Nick and Paul on it. It's a topic that is always seemingly at the forefront of of everybody's theology and or everybody's mind. I mean, it's it's what is this? What is the current health of the church? Is it dying? Is it dead? Does it need, you know, does it need a, a blast to the heart to wake up? I mean, what is, what's going on? And so when we were, when I first presented this idea to you guys of coming onto the show, you guys didn't hesitate at all, which was great. Um, and, and then we were kind of like throwing around some ideas and, and this one just kind of, I don't know if, who came up with it, but it just kind of landed, and we were like, "Yeah, let's do it." So, um, I, I before the show, I said we can really just go down any rabbit hole that we want. I mean, there's no bounds. We don't really have a script for today's show, but I do want to kind of 
take a look at the the Ligonier's State of Theology report that they released in 2018, and they do this every couple of years. And from here, we could take this conversation anywhere. And I know that you both have experiences within the church that mm-hmm. probably could, you know, melt somebody's socks off. So um, I'm, I'm going to open the floor and just kind of let you guys, Chris, if you want to go first and just kind of maybe give a, a 30 second snap it of what you've been through and, uh, and we'll, we'll just kind of set the tone for the show. All right. Um, well, I started to attend Protestant church back in, I want to say it was 2011. I grew up Roman Catholic. Mm. Um, so I, never in my life did I really have a time where I didn't believe in the existence of God, but no relationship, no repentance, no nothing. I lived in sin, steeped in it hard. Uh, started to go to church in 2011. It was not all bad, but it was very, it was cool at the time because it seemed like this was kind of popular. This was kind of cool. Like it was, I, I guess you could call it maybe a cultural type thing. Um, modern culture, so to say. I, I never grew. There was no growth. Um, I would visit some churches where they would uh, preach uh, expository preaching, going through the Bible step by step, verse by verse, working their way through the text. And I got little taste of it. Didn't come around until more recently. Um, started to get seeds planted with R.C. Sproul. Uh, starting to hear him in late 2016. And even that took a while for me to come around. Uh, this all culminated last summer when I briefly got involved with a small, I will say very NAR-flavored church. NAR-flavored, NAR-influenced, um, charismatic, four-square um, and on top of that, sort of spiritually abusive. When the fallout happened and I was going to leave the church, it didn't happen in the best way. But, I mean, you haven't lived until you've had a scripture used to attack you and you've been told you're the dog going back to your vomit because you don't agree theologically with the church. That's, yeah. That's crazy, man. It's yeah. It never seems to ever appease people when you actually try to go down the biblical route. So, um, Matt, I, you know, I'm not really sure some of your more particular background. So I'm curious of what your experience is. So the church I'm at right now, I'm going to be leaving soon because I'm moving across the country. I'll, I'll be back. The church I'm at now, we, so when I was three years old, we moved up to Alaska, actually from Texas, and um, so my dad was my dad was like a, a cop who, uh, so he's he's very kind of rough, gruff kind of guy. Became got saved, eventually went to seminary, and was planning to do a church plant a, in Washington, and we ended up doing that in Alaska instead. Uh, so we moved. We were initially going to a Baptist church that was actually here, but the pastor was a creep, and so the church kind of collapsed. Um, mm. He, you know, like prey on women and things. Well, it's, it's very, very weird. Um, uh, so that that church eventually, we kind of left. There were, there were a lot of things that came up with that, and started to do our own church in our living room, and you know. 
my dad would be like people people thought we were like a cult and my dad said, no, no, no. We're, 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 we're not a cult we don't make you handle snakes until the third visit come on uh, there you go so from that we had our, our church we were at from texas they sent out a group uh to do like a vbs up here every summer and then we we tore down our beautiful well i think we actually moved it we had a beautiful two like two car garage and with a workshop so we really sacrificed a lot uh <laughs> to to build a to we built up a church here and so it was you know so we're we're sort of like you know that vanilla baptists with a cool website uh non-denominational sort of <laughs> sort of deal so i didn't grow up with like a reformed background um and of course you know i was also a pastor's kid and a cop's kid so extremely sheltered uh and so i eventually you know started to do things i i shouldn't and in in sort of like the midst of that we had a a friend come visit and he showed me i don't remember if you remember those were popular little sermon jams oh yeah and where it's just like a you know a sermon clip put on a put on music or whatever and i got introduced to like john piper that way and that I know, ready for the comments. John Piper isn't reform, uh, but he was my first sort of introduction into that. And and I believe I believe from John Piper is when I actually what kind of point when I when I got saved. Um, it's kind of hard to put a specific point on that. You know, I grew up in the church all my life, but mm. um, that was really when my eyes were like sort of like open to, hey. There's actually something to this whole Christianity thing. Uh, and so, you know, of course, I grew up with all the warnings. You stay away from them Calvinists. You know, <laughs> you got to yeah, stay away yeah. from them Calvinists. So I join them like a good rebellious teen. Uh, and yeah, and, and so I've been pretty much the only Calvinist in my church. And so that has its unique challenges and um there's a lot of disagreements I'll have with my church, but you know, it's you know, my my father's the pastor here, and I, I I love the people here, and so I just keep serving alongside them, and um, you know, it's it's had its blessings and its curses. <laughs> so I could I could picture you as that little cartoon meme of the kid and his mom, and they're walking, and the kid sees the institutes of the Christian religion laying on the ground. And the mom goes, uh-huh. no, Matt, don't do that. And you go and grab it. <laughs> and then you turn around with Calvin's beard and going blah, 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 about, you know, predestination. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, man. Pretty much so, exactly how it happened. Exactly how it happened, too. You were the inspiration to that cartoon, actually, right? Yeah. No, I, I actually wrote the institutions. <laughs> you actually wrote the institutions. Oh, my word. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I've only um, I've only listened to like one of the eight books uh, on Audible. I have them. It's on my. It's down here on my shelf. At the full copy, I just never read them. It's just way too much. You guys see my books? I have way too many. It's, it's, I plus. You don't have enough. Yeah, I don't. I I don't actually have. I just ordered another one, and it came last week for school. So those are upstairs and. I got another book. I got to get ordered for the New Testament survey when I get to that uh, soon. So 
lovely. So, um, reading aside, so state of the church, um, it, it, I, 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 I think it's pretty much borderline on fire. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And by on fire, I mean there's people literally pouring gasoline onto the fire, on fire, and yeah. and and I and I see that when I look at this report that Legionnaire puts out, and just some of these, there's not all these questions, right? So there's, um, they they just do a whole survey, and for instance, statement eleven, everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Oh. And so they give you obviously, yeah. So they give you the five per five markers, right? Strongly disagree, somewhat disagree, not sure, yeah. somewhat yeah. strongly agree. How many people? What's the, what? What do you think the percentage of evangelicals do you think agree with that statement? Sin a little, but generally good. Sin a little bit, but are but most but most people are good by nature. At least a clean sixty-four percent. Uh, that would be my top of the head guess. At least. All right, Matt. I'm gonna be a... honest with you, Alex. I've seen the statistics. Ah, wow, gonna be honest man. with you. All right. But you can cut that out and make it look like I'm really good at guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't cut uh, audio unless there's like a big gap. <laughs> so the 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 statistic is fifty-two percent strongly or. Um, somewhat agree combined so disagree there's about what 40 percent disagree and three percent are unsure Hmm. um so obviously they missed romans 3 through uh 3 10 through 20 yeah yeah well you have to ask the question too Uh Uh, and i think they have this definition somewhere on their website uh what they identify as an evangelical because a lot of people well, go to an evangelical help. church but they don't they're just there for the potluck afterwards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i mean then we get we got to start getting into definitions right what do we what do we what are we going to call a christian is it somebody who just attends church or is it somebody who actually affirms that christ is their lord yeah uh here's another here's a good one um even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Well, I mean, if God's perfect, and he is, I mean, yeah. So how many, since Matt, you've already seen it, Chris, you get to be the guesser. How many people, <laughs> how many people agree with that statement percentage wise? The smallest sin deserves punishment. Um, eternal, eternal damnation. Punishment. Eternal damnation. Yep. Agree with that. Um, I sense that would be kind of low. I'm going to guess 35. I'm just, I know I'm probably just throwing random numbers here. 35%. All right. Well, it's close. 23. So, Chris, so, so we're actually favorably on the right side of this. Uh, 69% disagree. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's back that up. I read that completely wrong. We are on the wrong side of this. Oh boy. Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. 69% will disagree with that statement. They think that right. the smallest sin does not deserve eternal damnation. 
Oh, and and that's what, man. That and that's what's difficult when you. I see a lot of, and I see this a lot with uh, the modern church. It's this wrestling from a human perspective. It, that wouldn't seem fair from a human perspective, but we need to remember that we're dealing with a holy, just, and perfect God. Like the standards are way above our where we're at. Well, and I agree, and I think what the bigger problem that we face <clears throat> is the fact that these people downplay the the level of sin because yeah. the churches downplay the level of sin. I mean, in a traditional average evangelical church, you could pick any denomination. It could be non-denomination. It could be Baptist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, uh, Anglican, whatever you pick. Go into any church on any given Sunday, what are the odds that you think you're going to hear anything about sin? Yeah, very slim, I would think. At this well, point. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I'd say, um, probably about a good twenty five percent chance. If we're throwing percentage numbers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably I'd say one out of every four, maybe even one out of every five, you yeah. might get a good sound church preaching. And look, you know, every sermon doesn't have to be you're all sinners and repent, right? It's not it's not the hand, you know, Christian in the hands of an angry God type <laughs> prayer yeah. or preaching style. But when I preach, I have to address the sin that the text has yeah. given me. I have to tell uh, people what it is that they're encountering with that sin. And then I have to present the remedy of that sin, and that's Christ. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, and I think what a lot of these questions boil down to, as great men have said, is we don't know who God is. And if we don't have a, 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 a picture of who God is, we can't know how our sin needs to be punished and how um, how sinful we really are. Yep, I agree. And, <clears throat> you know, that's one of the reasons why we did the Attribute series on Undying Light, because many people don't have a good understanding or framework of who God truly is, the author and creator of all things. And they don't have a good picture of the work that he's done, who he is as a creator, and and where we fall in that bigger picture. And so I think a, a lack of understanding of who God is obviously helps frame some of these questions, but here's one that's going to really kind of start tipping the balancing point. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. Percentage of who agrees? Chris, go. Uh, 80, at least like high 80s. That's got to mm. at least be in the high 80s. Maybe 90s even. Easy. Shockingly, this is pretty split. 44% agree, 41% disagree. Oh, wow. And 15% are unsure. So I'm, I'm interested to see the shift of that when they, was it the 2020? I think we're due for another another one of these 
Yeah, so probably late this year or early next year, we'll see another um, we'll see another report come out from Legionnaire. Hopefully, with COVID and everything, they were oh. able to do it. But yeah. it, I, you know, this goes to show again lack of biblical understanding. And it wasn't you; it was it was another person in a group chat, Matt. You know this person. I'm not going to say his name, but. Um, he actually had an encounter on an Instagram page with that. Uh, what is it? The nude pastor? Is that what he goes by? I think it's the naked pastor. Naked pastor. And, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a guy who is uh, a former pastor. If you would even give him that, he's got his MDiv, and he's gay affirming. And he draws some extremely heretical drawings. And that's just because you're a bigot, Alex. I am. I'm the biggest bigot you'll ever see. Oh my goodness! The naked pal. I'm looking this up. I'm like, this. yeah, you don't want to. Careful, don't go to images. Yeah, don't. Um, Never mind. <laughs> yeah, don't Google search that, please. <laughs> I was looking on Instagram. <laughs> so, if y'all remember, um, uh, a couple, it's, it has to be a month or two ago now, I put the picture up. It was right after the George Floyd thing. And I put the picture that he drew of the 99 sheep, and I completely took it to shreds. And oh. so that's that's the, the artist who drew that. That's this person. So him, so our friend, our, our mutual friend, Matt and I's mutual friend, got into, I wouldn't even call it a confrontation because the, the conversation from him was really passive. I mean, he, I, I got to admit, this is probably the calmest I've ever seen this person. And I'm like, if he was any calmer, they would probably have to try to resuscitate him because he was probably dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And so, like, and he was just simply delivering scripture and just over and over and over. And I was reading not only the naked pastor's comments, but all of the people on his page just tearing him to shreds. And he's like, I'm just telling you what God's word says. Don't, you know, you can't be mad at me. Be mad at God. And just going to town and and I what I was shocked by not necessarily naked pastor his remarks because I know he's a heretic um but the people who follow him and just the blind allegiance that these people have to to this individual and the fact that they sit and scream and and cry about their belief in that homosexuality is okay in today's standards because culture says it's okay in today's standards what are you guys' thoughts culture's wrong i mean the word of god is eternal it's perfect is infallible and it, it didn't change there was no like major update that said oh yeah it's good um there's i saw it on instagram i did it originate on twitter i don't use twitter but um uh, I know I, I, Reformed for Christ 777, uh, Jarrett Soto, I know, had done a response. He does a lot of, like, the TikTok-type videos. And there was a TikTok. guy that came on TikTok, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, like, I, I have my own thoughts on that app. But, <laughs> no, Jarrett had done a solid rebuttal, uh, re- rebuttal of, 
a guy that came on, hey, the Bible doesn't actually speak against homosexuality, and he broke things down. I think he touched on some of the, the biblical languages, the original languages, and Jared came on, he was just like, no, let me break it down, and came right back with the proper handling of the scripture. It's <laughs> it's condemned in the scripture. It's It's not to beat anybody over the head, it's just like, trying to save people from sin like i i got saved from my sin i'm not perfect by any means i i struggle with my flesh with the things i struggle with but turn from this turn from it you know yeah i actually had um so a little bit of my story because it falls right in into this to what Jarrett actually ran into yeah um a couple a couple of years ago, I got a full ride offer to a uh, ELCA Lutheran seminary in Col- South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh-huh. And so I, w- my wife and I went there to visit and um, we, long story short, um, the school campus is beautiful. I'll send you some of the pictures. This place is nice. gorgeous. Nice. The sanctuary was beautiful. Um, the 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 campus is just it was just amazing. We were like, oh, we love it. Now, mind you, we had a one year old, um, so this was a little over a year ago, and we were like, holy cow, how are we going to deal with this? Like, oh, I she wasn't even one yet, so like, we were, how are we going to handle school and working and bills and insurance? You know, the whole yeah. ball of wax. So. That was like our biggest concern. And um, I was really, I was really kind of sold. Like, I'm like, free ride. I don't have to pay for anything. I'm like, this is awesome. I just got to pay for housing. Nice. So we go to visit and we go through the whole rigmarole, meet a bunch of people. And um, we, we uh, get to class. We, um, we're going to do a um, like a circuit type thing. I don't know what you want to call it. Like, you know, you sit in the classroom and you kind of get the experience of what the classroom's like, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so we go through that and then they're like, okay, now we're going to take all of you visiting people to this seminar. Now, lo and behold, we didn't realize when we signed up to go and visit the school that this was the week that the school decided they are going to host their second annual reconciliation of sexual difference week on campus. What does that mean? You gentlemen ask me, let me explain it. Let me explain it to you. Nobody asked me that because it's terrible. Um, Basically it's, it's the ELCA's way to say being gay is okay. And it was it was a tragedy. So the conference that we sat in on talked about. Um, and I want to frame this the right way without being too vulgar. How to talk to your young children about sex. And. By young, I don't mean 13 and 14, like, you know, pre-puberty, puberty age. You know, some kids get it younger, 10 or 11, whatever. But, you know, no, I'm talking like five and six-year-olds. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. 
it was absolutely just like I looked at my wife and I said, uh, I, I, I know <laughs> I can't, this is, this is too much. So we, we left that and I'm just like, all of a sudden I'm like getting this, like, I'm, I'm just getting crushed with this burden. Like yeah. God, God is like bashing me in the head saying this, I brought you here to see. And, and quite personally, I think that through this experience, I've been used to, to do some things to, to take on the ELCA, but that's another story. But God, I think, put me in this position to see the atrocities that they are teaching students. Then these students are going out into the world. But this seminar left me with a lot of questions. So I go to, guess what? I go and find the campus pastor. Now, this gentleman is like the chief pastor on the campus. Yeah. He, you know, he runs the, uh, the daily, um, chapels. He teaches, you know, a couple classes, you know, he's the head honcho type guy. And so we go in and I'd sit and I'm talking to him before we go to chapel, which was a train wreck by itself. And, and I, and I asked him, I said, how, how can we as Christians today now, mind you, this was almost, this was a year and what are we almost August? So this was a year and a half ago. And I think in a year and a half, I have become more knowledgeable and more foundationally built in my theology as we all should right? in a year and a half time, we should all make baby steps forward. Um, but I, I felt like I was, I, I, at, at this time I was full fledged Calvinist. So you can imagine the blood boiling as I'm engaging this pastor, but I kept my, kept my cool and I was my composure. And I simply was like, how can we as Christians reconcile against something that is not taught in scripture? And his response was, well, uh, you know, would you, would you refrain from eating shellfish today? Mm. Oof. Yeah. And, I, I just I said, vomited. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but wait a minute. I'm like, I'm not talking about Levitical law. I'm talking about what Paul condemns in Romans one and then condemns in first Ro- Corinthians six. Yeah. So that's my focal point. I said, let's stick to the new Testament. Yeah. And so he kind of batted around that a little bit. And then he brings up this question. He goes, well, aren't you wearing more than a single type of fabric? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, this isn't Levitical yeah. law that we're discussing. Yeah. That has a very specific context. Yeah, we're in the New Testament. Yeah. Right. So and go ahead. Oh man. Oh, so this guy's just like the chief like gay lord of the campus. He's chief of something, but it's sure as heck not a pastor. <laughs> and I, you know what really frustrates me is his answers could never be direct from scripture. Like, um, Again, nobody who affirms LGBTQ can actually present scripture to support their mindset. They can't. It's not possible. But his response, you know, was that there are just some sins now that we should loosen the reins on and other sins that we need to tighten the reins on. He was using that analogy that Jesus uses. I think it's in Matthew of tightening and loosening reins. And I'm like, but that's not the right context to what you're telling me either. Yeah. I was like, and I was just like, dude, I, and he and like, I debated him like straight up. And there was like 
I don't know, five or six people around us. And I'm just going toe to toe with this guy. And, and finally, he just looked at me and he goes, he goes, boy, I really hope that you come to this school. And I'm like, not going to happen. Not, not going to happen. And then, of course, we go to chapel and had to sit through a sermon given by a lesbian. Oh, my. Yeah. So if you want to know where the condition of the church stands, it stands in seminaries that are producing this type of garbage. And I think a lot of two, you know, pastors are obviously influenced by the community, but I, I've experienced it firsthand. I mean, these people didn't blink an eye when a lesbian stood at the pulpit with her shirt sleeves cut off a rainbow sash around her shoulders and proceeded to preach on Matthew 16 and basically just make Peter look to be a bumbling fool and made Jesus to look like some hippie who was, you know, anti-Peter. Mm. Mm. How did you manage to sit through that? That's uh, I, I just walked out. I told my wife, you know, out of respect for because we were visitors. I yeah. I told her it took every ounce of muscle refrainment in my body to keep me from storming the pulpit or walking out. I mean, I was gripping the pew seat and I, my knuckles were almost just like I was digging in. I was so furious. Should have just, just done what the old reformers did. There was a, a lady that threw a stool at the oh. minister giving a sermon one time. So <laughs> you just got to live the, the examples of the past, man. Oh my I should have. I should have. That was just it was a terrible terrible experience and i you know i just i think that again i think that is the 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 beginning piece but i also like i said i think there's much more to this crumbling of the church than than just the seminaries yeah so the next level that we can go to in this slate of questions is abortion is a sin Yes. Murder is I, I'm, I haven't looked at the statistic in a long time, so I'm going to throw a guess out there. All right. I'd like to think that most Christians are going to agree with that, most evangelicals, just for the sake of my own, my own heart. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to say it's going to be a majority. They're going to agree that it's a sin. So what would your number be? My number would be hopefully at least 60%. Okay. Chris? I like that you threw the hopefully in there because I was going to give a hopeful. I'm going to be generous. I was going to give a hopeful 72%. You both are wrong. And by, oh, a, lo- and by a long shot. I'm scared. I'm scared to know. 52%. How was what? 52% agree that it's a sin. And well, that's that better than it could have been. It could have been worse, but... Ten percent are not sure, and thirty-eight percent disagree. So forty-eight percent, almost split between abortion being a sin and, and abortion not being a sin. How yeah. could how could you, in your right mind, be an evangelical, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and then be like, 
I don't know if abortion's a sin or no, I don't believe it is. Discuss. Yeah. Well, I can understand maybe new Christians of the faith may not know. Maybe. May, maybe because you've got all that cultural influence. But come on. I mean, to be fair, I've have had I, I have had conversations with people where I've swayed them to the right path. Yeah. So it can. It's it's not a lost cause. It's not, which is good. Um, but I've yet to encounter anybody that I can have a rational conversation with about abortion. I can't. I can't find people. Maybe I maybe I'm in a, maybe I'm just a magnet for for mean people. Um but you attract the crazies, I've noticed. Oh, you have <laughs> you have no idea. And which is gonna be in the second half of the conversation tonight. Oh, um so last question I wanna touch on. Um sex outside of traditional marriage is a sin. This is a targeted age group question. Ages eighteen to thirty four. Oh yeah, totally. That's they're gonna Yeah. Go ahead. Law in that age bracket, I'm gonna bet a lot don't think it's a sin. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna throw that out there too. I I don't think I think it's gonna be a major disagreement. So I'm gonna blow your guys' mind and say that this percentage has actually increased 7% from 2016 to 2018. It went from, went from 47% agree to 54%. Alex, when did you start your podcast? Hmm. When, when, what year did you start your podcast? Uh, 2019. Oh, why? I was gonna <laughs> right, say maybe, right is this. maybe this was you. <laughs> I was the influence now. <laughs> our first, our first uh, handful of episodes was all on Calvinism and tulip and stuff. So yeah, back in the day when I was a Calvinist. So, um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, you guys are I, well, Matt. I know you're young, Chris. I think you're older than me. So, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts? On on the statistic, yeah. Well, I mean, just like the general perception of that question: sex outside traditional marriage is a sin. Well, I mean, it's it's clearly laid out in scripture, but I think you you have the world, the Darwinian worldview, being pushed on students that they're if 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 students, even those who claim to be Christians, have had the worldview pushed on them that they're just. Uh, a bag of stardust bumping into each other and and they're taught you know that the world revolves around them which they are wanting to say well sex outside of marriage is a sin it's not going to make sense to them because they're going to have a hard time even though they have a christian worldview identifying what sin is um because well you have that darwinian thing i mean the you, you can't even have sin in a Darwinian world. You can't even have evil. Uh, I, I think it comes, you know, from a, a lack of really being, uh, really preaching what marriage is, the significance of it, the 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 beauty of it, the the nature of it, and 
and not throw on them this this worldview that's been pushed, especially inside the schools, that you can just date whoever you want with no real purpose other than you think they're kind of cute, um, which, you know, I guess is, is all fun until you realize you have nothing in common, and and then you break up, and and you don't want to really you you don't want to keep yourself from having fun with all these people and making all these connections and it's i feel like i just said a lot of nothing but yeah now i think i get what you're saying because yeah it's tough because in school especially like so here in illinois as of july 1st uh it's mandatory now that the state school uh, teaches lesbian and gay history mandatory. And so my wife and I will not be um, putting our daughter through public school. Um, Are they going to start in the book of Leviticus? Yeah, no, I think they're going to start in the Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) uh, Probably going to start in the book of, was it um, Adam and Steve? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's there. There's a, no, I I don't know if that, text would have been changed but yeah there, there was a translation of the quick interjection uh that came out at some point i think it was called the queen james yeah the queen james yeah yeah you, yeah you've heard of that it mm-hmm. got changed in there um yeah well go on sorry i mean to uh, be fair churches yeah. do teach lgbtq history when they read from genesis true Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Yeah, but they won't include any of that. They're going to go to like straight to the 60s and 70s, or they're going to be like, look at this king back in ancient Egypt. He loved men. (laughs) I mean, that's the type of crap they're going to pull. Yeah. They're not going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah and be like, look what God did to those who celebrated homosexuality and. You know, this wacky, you know, sexual identity, which will tie into the next. Actually, I found one more question, um, which is another staple to the state of the church today. And that's gender identity is a matter of choice. Same age group, 18 to 34 percentage. What do you think it is? How How is it phrased again? Uh, gender Gender identity is a matter of choice. Would you agree with that statement or would you not? That age group, um, I would say there's got to at least be the most modest number I can come up with. I think agreement would be at least 45%. And I'm probably Mm -hmm. batting very low. Matt, you want to take a stab? Well, so here's the thing. The way that question is phrased. It's tough to answer. Yeah, you can almost have an Orthodox Christian like agreeing with that mm-hmm. because in some sense you can choose to identify all you want. It's yeah. is that the reality of it? Right, correct. I agree with yeah. you. So I'm gonna just say that a large portion agree with that. Mm, Chris was close with forty six percent agreeing. Oh, wow. yeah. Nice. But so again, these these questions and again this one's kind of phrased tough to answer and and you're right an, an orthodox e- evangelical could probably 
go to either side and rightly state a biblical stance for their for their decision. But what gets me is with these types of questions is the lack of understanding. They, they write it here in the conclusion. The 2018 State of Theology survey reveals deep confusion about the Bible's teaching, not only among Americans as a whole, but also evangelicals. This is something very wrong when a majority of Americans can give the correct answers to basic Bible questions. Um, at the same time, they say that their beliefs are purely a matter of personal opinion. There's something very wrong when a majority of Americans can give correct answers for Bible questions and say their beliefs are purely a matter of personal opinion. I, I mean, it's, it's, they even have one for the UK. <laughs> this one's got to be super liberal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's everybody's truth. What's your truth? What's it's all subjective truth? It's, yeah, I'm flipping through this because I'm kind of curious. The Bible tells, has the authority to tell us what to do. Yeah. 15, yeah, absolutely. 15% agree with that. <laughs> Yikes. Wait, what? Chris, what? What? The Bible has authority to tell us what to do. 15% agree. No, it's all about personal revelation. Yeah, 65 disagree. Uh, Christians should be silent on issues of politics. 18% agree. Mm. Shockingly, 80, 58% disagree with that. Um, so that's all. There's that's, not a lot of good. questions. There's only. That's good. Uh, Christians yeah. should be silent. Yeah, okay. But there's that's a, a, there's, a better statistic. Yeah, I'm, there's not, I'm hurting over that Bible authority. Yeah, that, that one's pretty tough to that. swallow. That's heartbreaking. And it's that's like, in the UK? That, that's in the UK, yeah. And that's What's hard, the, too, because, like, well, Europe. I mean, how much of our Protestant history came from Europe? And, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. but the Marxists took over. Yeah. yeah. Which what, is what's they have trying that question to happen here. To the US? Yeah. No, I, I didn't see that question here in the U.S. But see, here's what I don't get. I, you know what? There might be a full report. I think these are just samples. Let me see if I can find the full report um, all the way at the bottom here. Do, 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 do. I'll, I'll, Explore I'll, I'll, all you... survey. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. They actually give you a whole filter. That's really neat. Oh, snazzy. Yeah, they have um, God accepts all religions. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Let's look at that one because that one oh, seems pretty man. popular. God oh. accepts the worship of all religions, according, uh, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Don't work like that. It How many people that. agree? Throw a percentage out there. 52. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you know what's really you know what's really neat? This is interactive, so you can change, to, to side note, you can actually change... Uh, the age groups, the gender, um, the region, education levels. You can change okay. all that. You can change income levels. So based upon all of these different areas, I've just got it all selected. So it includes all people. 67% agree, by the way. Hmm. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, going through Jesus was the first and create. Jesus is the only person who have never sinned. Some people disagree to that. 
Uh, oh yeah, you know Jesus isn't perfect, right? What yeah. Was his name? yeah, yeah. What's yeah? What's his face on CNN? Yeah, that guy's. You know what? Guy. You know what? What's hard with that one is I'd seen on my Facebook fellow believers jump to the defense of that, like, well, it's uh, not good. It's not good Christian witness. I mean, they didn't necessarily agree with the statement, but it, it's not good Christian witness. This isn't a battle we need to pick. Yeah, we should. Yeah, put, we need to be picking it. Yeah. Yeah, we can be loving about that, but no, let's stand up and say, hey, no, that's Christ. That's Jesus. He was the perfect man. We that's we can get passionate about that. That's the truth. Like, you know? Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Here, here's a good one for you. The Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the Bible. Oh, that's cute. Um, oh, the Pentecostals are going to really rank that statistic up. Man. Um, and that's not, you know, and real quick, that's not an entire knock on Pentecostals because there's some Bible believing, some very, um, very devoted Pentecostals that aren't into a lot of the crazier stuff. There um, is. Yeah. But yeah. And, and even outside of that, like, I think there's a lot that would say, you know, God told me, God gave me a personal revelation type thing. And it's like, nah, nah. Holy Spirit can guide, um, but we need to be getting our revelation out of the written word of God. Flat yeah. out. It yep. is our authority. Finally. Right. And, and Christ never made the statement that the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, teach you to do things that are contrary to Scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, we we see that Paul, all of Paul's writings that came through the inherited inherited Holy Spirit were all um, corresponding to what Jesus taught. There's nothing that you know is in disagreement there, but twenty two percent would agree with that statement that you can that the Holy Spirit teaches forbidden things. Uh, here's fun one: the Bible is a hundred percent accurate in all that it teaches. Sadly, that is a minority view. That's, um, yeah. I'd like to think that would be an easy one. I really would love that to be an easy one, but it's not going to be, huh? I'm a, I'm a, 50% agree, 50% disagree. And even Whoa, split. that's even. a better statistic than I thought. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say 70% disagree. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be really favored wrong for that one um still trying to find that one we were looking at the bible oh here it is the bible has the authority to tell us what to do okay this is the american side so i think i'm, I'm guessing i want to say the american side's going to be like 40 percent agree chris I'd give a little higher. I'd go at least above the 50 mark. I don't know how high I'd go above the 50 mark, but I'd go above the 50 mark. 54. Okay. All so right. it's pretty close to a 50-50 split again, you know, with uh, 46 disagreeing and 54 agreeing. So for those who are interested, I will include this report. I'll include the link in my show notes because this nice. you can drill down to all of the statements. You can, again, profile build all the filters and really dig into all that. It's a fascinating survey. But I think it leads into, you know, 
kind of the foundation to what we see as a state of our of our church, right? I mean, would you yeah. guys would you guys agree with me that there is a problem, a cancer a cancerous problem in in the church? Yeah, it's called the woke our, movement. The woke movement. That's that's actually a good way. It's a sad way to put it. It's a good way to put it. It's very accurate. It's it's like a cancer. It's we're not standing on the word. If we want to if we want to see a real reformation in our day and age, a real return back to true biblical Christianity, we we got to get back to the word. We got to start believing what the word says. And it's we're not seeing that. It's it's a problem. So what would you guys think needs to happen for a reformation to spark? Because, look, if we trace history of the church, anytime the church has come under heavy persecution, the, the gospel flourishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cur- currently in China, people are being beaten and murdered and turned over by their own family members for being Christians to be beaten and murdered. Yeah. Uh, but the gospel is flourishing at uncontrollable rates over there. Yeah. Meanwhile, here in the United States, the gospel seems to be diminishing and 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 really being exploited for money and gain. Affluence can have an ugly effect on the gospel. It can um, on yeah. the faith. And that's be- and I got to say that's beautiful. I mean, it's it's hard. It's heartbreaking to hear what's going on to our brothers and sisters in China. But it's so absolutely beautiful to know that under those circumstances, the, the gospel's just on fire spreading. It's wonderful to hear that. It really is. Um, I got to think the world's crazy right now. Like, it's insane everything we're dealing with in this country, everything lockdowns, COVID, all the violence happening. Um, it's putting this profound amount of pressure on society and on the church. And I, I think we're uh, – it's like it's brewing a condition that could – I hope it I hope it starts turning people back to the pure gospel of Christ. I really do. I mean we'll, we'll sit and we'll knock things and we'll throw out these statistics, but I, I really want to see a return to, to Christ. I want to see a real return to the pure gospel, the word taught and handled correctly, not for gain, not for personal gain, not irresponsibly. Um, let's get back under the authority of the word. And I, I hope all this that we're going through in this country will start leading to that, to the, the explosion of the real gospel of Jesus. Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, I think what he said, you know, kind of towards the end there, I mean, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head is when you look through history, there were various there were various attempts to reform the church before Martin Luther. Yeah. But the reason Martin Luther's reformation took hold is because it rightly diagnosed the issue in that it needs to be based on the word of God alone. And you'll yeah. see all sorts of ecumenic that word Ecumenical? Yeah, ecumenicalism. I'll Mm -hmm. throw that out there. Um, In in order to truly reform from that, you need to go, okay, 
we need to be founded on the Word of God and that alone, which is how the Reformation just absolutely devastated the Roman religion because it understood the Word of God is the foundation for everything. Yeah. And when you have Christians that, yeah, they may they may know how to answer if someone goes, oh, what's the authority? Yeah, the Word of God. But they're not really taught the significance of that. They're not really taught what that means, how that impacts their life, and who God is from those scriptures. Mm -hmm. You have what you have today, and you have rampant, just love everybody, 100% all love, not understanding the biblical definition of love. And it just consumes the church, like you said, like a cancer. Let's, and, it, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. It, it's like, let's take the easy stuff. Let's take the all I need. I heard, I had a friend tell me this. All I know is, all I need to know is God loves me and that's all I need. I'm like, that's not going to help us. Yes, mm -hmm. God loves us. But like, it's true. It's not false. But it, I, I want to relate it to like working out. If I do the little like, tiny like forearm curl like 10 times in the evening I, what what am i gonna that's not gonna help me it, let's handle the whole word in, in its fullness let's work through the difficult things let's accept and process the difficult things of the scriptures and of the faith uh let's get to strength let's strengthen the faith you know strengthen the church well you, you brought up an interesting point because you said that your friend makes a comment that God loves him and that's all he needs. That's yeah. kind of the that's the mindset of this woke movement or this charismatic groups or these Pentecostals, these NARS. It's the Todd Whites. Jesus loves you, bro. Let me extend your <laughs> leg for you, man. And, and what's funny, this came from an evangelical friend. They're, they're not charismatic. I guess. No, I don't believe they are. No. And it's yeah. like it's it's a very self-centered way of being and i'm not gonna say i'm like this perfect person that's like oh, no. i'm not self-centered yeah. no i i struggle with selfishness too as i said i struggle with my own sins um yep. it, but and and when i say that yeah there's so much in the church that's so focused on self and god's gonna lead me through these things and it's all about me 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 and the worship that's all about like god what he does for me and I'm going to throw myself under that bus because I deal with self-centeredness too. Yep. Um, this inward focus. It's this inward focus we see a lot of. And I think another thing too is we're, we're going to need men that are going to stand up and go, despite what the culture is saying, go, that's wrong. This is what the Word of God says. You're wrong, whether they get crucified for it. Because a lot of people... Like you see like J.D. Greer are kind of just going, okay, we'll go along with this movement because if I say anything that questions the narrative, I'm going to be you know, burnt on a cross or something. Mm -hmm. um, and we need people that aren't going to be afraid of that, that are going to stand up and go, this is what the word of God says and not compromise with the culture, which is why we're at where we're at today. Yeah. You know, Greer has got his laundry list of problems that he's digging himself into. And 
not only him, but I mean, we we see that in a lot of these big denominations. The SBC's got a laundry list of problems. And if you don't believe me, Founders does did a great video by what standard go watch that and you'll see the crumbling of racism and intersectionality into the sbc and um tom askell does a fantastic job building that out um the elca the lutheran denomination um is just as as disgusting and perverted as they come they affirm LGBTQ, they allow those individuals to be pastors in their churches. They allow female pastors in their church. They have gone even to the extent that they are removing male pronouns from the Bibles and scripture because it's offensive to people. And, and, and their whole, their whole defense is, well, God can sometimes be depicted as a woman. No, the only text, there's like maybe two of them, and it's like one in Matthew where Christ makes the analogy of being a hen gathering her chicks. And that's, and that's you know, imagery painted. I yeah. mean, that it's not telling us that this is what God is. Every time you see God, it's he, him, father. It's all male pronoun. Yeah. And, and so, anyways, that's a another rant, uh, but the ELCA has gone way off the tracks. Not only that, you've got the Methodists, which are going to split soon because you're going to have, you know, half of them affirming to the LGBTQ and the other half is trying to stay as biblical as they are, which is not real biblical, but they're trying. Um, if you've got the Pentecostal movement and charismatic movement, which just goes way off the deep end when it comes to the Holy Spirit and actually understanding who God is in the triune Godhead. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on. And so, you know, we come back to this, to the, to the very simple question, you know, you, I think Matt, you said it, we need men to step up and do something. Mm-hmm. But it, but it feels like, and here's my, and this is just my two cents, and I want to get your guys' take. I, I post stuff all the time on social media. I call out heresy. I call out false teaching. I do live videos. I do this podcast. I'm talking with it about with you guys. You know, um, I preach in a church. It, you know, where's the Reformation at, right? Yeah. And and it all comes back to this. You know, we need men to do the work and, you know, we need that Luther to go nail the thesis to the door type action. But I look at it and I say, I don't think anything's going to happen until God allows it to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, and I think we all affirm the absolute sovereignty of God. And, and I want to say it, it doesn't mean that we're going to just lay, we, we don't lay on our backs in faith. Alex, you'll keep doing what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I I felt that I got that little taste of that broadcast and I'm like, well, let's go through the scriptures. That's what I, I know I'm called is to go through the scriptures, plain and simple. Um, and we're all Matt, you're going to have your avenue. Um, we're all going to do the things. We're not going to see the big picture that we know God from his vantage point, from his perspective in eternity is seeing. We're, we're kind of here stuck in time. So we're going to live it. Um, and God being sovereign, um, I think it's Proverb 21, 1, you, you see the imagery of how God 
will take your heart like the streams of water. It's it's applied to the king, but it, it, God's going to direct the heart of the king like a stream of water wheresoever he pleases. He's going to do that to all his whole creation because it's his creation. So it's not that we're going to lay back and do nothing about it. But yeah, absolutely agree with you. God being sovereign is going to dictate when that door opens, when that happens. Matt, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, I fully agree with what he said. You know, nothing happens apart from from God's sovereign decree. Uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, if this country implodes and all the Christians get martyred, I mean, that will be according to His will, and the church is still going to have to face these issues. We're we're still gonna have to keep pressing on the word of God. But he'll always have his remnant. Well he'll all even even in the super liberal church that we are today, or I should say leftist church we are today, mm-hmm. God has his elect and he has his people group that like like he says in the prophets, uh, I seven thousand that have not bowed bowed the knee to Baal. So no matter what happens, he'll always have his faithful remnant, whether, yeah. you know, Reformation comes or not. And I think we need to have comfort in that, knowing the Church of God will always be faithful. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen, yeah. But we just need to also affirm, you know, this will be in God's timing as we work and labor towards it. So let's ask this question then. Do you possibly think that there is no potential, I don't want to say hope because that's a bad word, but let's say there's no potential change back to orthodoxy for the church before the coming of Christ. Do you think we are just on this long path until he comes again? Mm -hmm. I would say I have a split thought on that one if that makes sense um may i uh let me see how do i put this how do i phrase this um again god being completely sovereign i think i don't know how to phrase this i think if i wrestle with it from my own limited human perspective i that's going to be a hard chasm to cross back over to where we can see a return to real Christian orthodoxy. Um, It really feels like we're at a falling off point where, and like Matt said, you know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Mm -hmm. Christ's church. Um, So I have absolute faith that that remnant will always be there. As a whole globally, or at least nationally, um, that's a hard chasm to cross over. Uh, that's the human understanding of it. Uh, given back over to the reality that God is absolutely in control. That could happen. It could come out of left field and we won't see it until it happens mm-hmm. where suddenly you get this. Maybe it'll be everything we're experiencing with the coronavirus with a uh, um, churches may start to stand up and say, no, like, like, like what's happening in California with uh, what John MacArthur uh, put out there. Well, we're standing up now to the governor of California and saying, no, you're overstepping. We're not going to close. Um, and it, it, 
I I don't know. God's so in control of it. We may not see it until it comes out of left field from our perspective. Uh, who knows where that rising could happen? It could happen. We could find an orthodox pocket in our country. It could be China. Like I thought about, I've considered this with China. If this illustrates what I'm getting at more, uh, where you don't you won't see it coming. You wouldn't see it coming, perhaps, with China. How oppressive the government is against the Church of Christ against. Uh, the Orthodox Christians over there, right? Um, mm -hmm. Who's to say that God couldn't, something could happen that could completely upset the headship of China, and suddenly you've got this strong Orthodox church that it was built up under persecution that now has free reign. China could very well become the next Orthodox Christian center in the world. I wouldn't be shocked by that statement, and I think, I think that really hits it on the head because, you know, I, and this is again, just this is solely pessimistic, if you would, of my opinion, and and I, I see the remnant in the states staying relatively where it's at. It you might flex up a little bit, but then it'll probably decrease a little bit, and then it's going to flex up and you know increase and decrease a little bit over time. Um, I I don't foresee here in the states because of the influence that mega churches and Pentecostals and false teachers and I have a story to tell before we wrap the show up, but I have but I don't foresee this. You know, I don't see a revel. Uh, a reformation coming back to the states or you know a coming back to orthodoxy or sound teaching at least in to the extent that mega churches and you know like and false teachers will be swept under the rug i i foresee it just like you said chris china may be becoming the new orthodoxy center of christian religion um whereas you know jerusalem was the you know the the founding city you know, where, where Christ and the apostles were, um, you know, and then it kind of swung to Rome after 70 AD. And then after Rome fell, it, you know, kind of dispersed outward. But, yeah, you know, for a long time, as you know, while Rome was the key point, you know, because of the Pope and all that, then, you know, Luther came along and, and, you know, 1517 and Germany kind of became a small smidget and then it became, you know, Calvin and then it just erupted into Europe. And then in the 16 and 1700s, the U.S., you know, took on Puritanism and started to develop its theology. And then in the 1900s, Pentecostal and Charismatic uh, came into play and then all of a sudden you start to lose that orthodoxy yeah and so it's you see these ebbs and flows through time on sound teaching but i just don't see it because of the massive influence and in how religion is sold here in the states it's all consumerism i just don't see it coming back and and i and i have a story and i i don't, I don't know if i shared it with you guys last night but I had an encounter on Facebook and I got ended up getting blocked by this gentleman. Mm, I think the first uh, talked about, yeah. 
so I might have sent a screenshot or conversation blurb about it, but anyway, he um, uh, posted something about how Christians nowadays have more desire to be poor and we have the spirit of poverty oh, and no. that we're basically fake Christians if that's what we believe. We don't oh, we don't we don't yeah. believe in real you know wealth and prosperity. We we want people to be poor and helpless. That's essentially what the uh the post was about. So so I posted I just simply said boy the apostle Paul must have not gotten that memo. Oh man. And he responded with how I am deceived that Paul had multiple jobs and was quite wealthy. There's no scripture to prove that. We do know Paul was a tent maker, and he used that to to help get him funds to buy food and to get him funds to travel. That's it. He never used it to be wealthy. So we do know he was a tent maker. But anyway, so he's going on and um, tries to use scripture. He can't do it properly. He uses um, a, a one proverb and a verse out of Ecclesiastes, I think. And he goes in and calls me deceived and all these other things. And I'm like, well, hey, thanks for insulting me. And as being somebody in your position, that's, you know, definitely what you should be doing with your, you know, with your influence. And I said, it's kind of funny because Christ says otherwise about wealth and how, you know, when he tells the rich young ruler to go and sell all of these things before he can enter the kingdom of heaven, because wealth is blinding to the ruler that, uh, you know, so I went down that road and then he comes back and he, he actually called me. Um, he he made it some derogatory remark to me, and then he says that I'm just too white to understand. Mm. Yeah. So gotta get in the sun more, man. I you know I I I go on walks daily with my wife and kid. I thought I was pretty tan at this point, but I guess I guess I'm not. I might be close to translucent in his eyes. And so this he. Just, just derogatory response, and just blasted me because I didn't understand the scripture. So then I'm like, okay, here we go, let's do this. So I threw out um, James five, um, Second Peter two. I also call them a false teacher, a fake, and a phony, um, <laughs> for fun. I, you know, I threw out Second Peter bear a little bit, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going down to flames, I'm gonna have fun with it. So Second Peter two, first and second, or I put out First Timothy, some verses there, Second Timothy, and some verses there, and uh, what else? Like two other scriptures. Like I just just unloaded his response again, another mile long of blabbling. But he basically says that I don't know what I'm talking about. This isn't really the word of God because guess what? It's ESV translation and not 1611 King James. Oh, bonus point. Using right. that apostate translation. Yeah, wow. I, I am. I'm a heretic in of itself for that. And you use electronics. Come on. <laughs> and I use electronics. You got to watch out for the modern perversions, Alex. You got to watch oh out. <laughs> 
and uh, with my, as I sit here with my ESV sitting wide open here. Yeah. I was like, dude, okay. And he ended up blocking me because I put out some more stuff to him. And I, I should have. I should have just gone and got the same text and then just put it in King James because I have a 1611. I could have just done that and let him whine about that some more. But so, but, but that just goes to show this is the type of thing. And, and this guy on his Facebook page posts about him getting new Ferraris and he shows pictures of people DMing him, you know, or pay- PayPaling him money, like hundreds of dollars because they're tithing. Oh, goodness. Me and a couple people think that these people may be paid to do that. Like, they're transferring in money, so it shows a large amount of money. Then he turns around and reimburses them or, you know, whatever. Like, they may work for him because, you know, it's all a big Ponzi scheme. That's possible. Maybe, um, I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, to say the least. So. I mean- Either that yeah. or his heretic game's just that strong. He's just getting people dropping a bills on him left aim. Yeah, yeah. I, Make it you know, but see, that's the thing that just that frustrates me so much yeah. because it's just a blatant, you know, it's not even a disregard for. I mean, it's just like I'm going to trample and just shred the the Bible because yeah. my personal gain is more important absolute abuse you're just you're just jealous that no one's paying you enough money to get a ferrari alex if you all want to become a patron please go to (laughs) (laughs) the lowest tier is a thousand dollars the lowest tier is one thousand dollars oh man that makes me sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i want that ferrari (laughs) it makes me think of a clip i think i hear it on wretched radio sometimes I, I don't know what pastor it is because I don't watch. I listen to these things. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. I've, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Wacky. It's so wacky and wrong. It's, it's gross. Well, it's just like John Gray bought his wife a Lamborghini for her birthday after he cheated on her, of course. Oh, you know. Well, you got to make it up somehow, right? Yeah. And he's still obviously a pastor because the church doesn't have the authority to remove him from position. Ah! Oh. Yeah, that's that's that bothers me a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of feelings about that. I do too, and and again, that's why I go to this level to think that in the United States, I just don't foresee a new Reformation coming. I see, like I said, I see the people who are called to Christ to work diligently for the perseverance of the Scripture, and I think in the small communities you might see it coming back to christ but you won't see this massive like you know nationwide revival and it and here's the funny thing here's the hilarious thing these like pentecostal people are always calling for re- we need a revival we're gonna get a revival what are you reviving your your gospel is great you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year you what do you care you know uh, you they want more yeah they don't care about the mom and pa you know, people in small communities that, you know, the pastor's making 45 or 50 grand a year and, you know, has five kids and, you know, has 30, 40 people at their church every Sunday. They don't care about those guys. They don't care about none of that crap. They want, they want the big flashy everything. And so we're going to put on this big, massive quote unquote revival 
and we're gonna we're gonna charge people to come and then we're gonna tell them that God is moving in this place and when in fact God has passed over that just like he you know just like he did at the Exodus. Yeah. But not it's in the good way. But not in a good way. Not in the good way. You, in fact, in, instead of being the Israel with the blood smeared on the door, you're the Egyptian getting your firstborn child slaughtered. That's the flip side to it. So, so he's not passing over it. Well, he he's ignoring it <laughs> because he's not going to give them his attention. But, I mean, so in in retrospect, he's leaving them to their own sin while, you know, still allowing them to come to his wrath at the end. Yeah. Really okay. bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, you're, that analogy is pretty, de- yeah, it, it fell apart there. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I understand. I want to, I kind of want to touch on the Pentecostal thing real quick, like we were saying. The revival, the, the hunger for the revival. I mean, like, if I had to try to play devil's advocate for this one, I, I would hope, uh, again, God ha- always has his remnant no matter where. Uh, God always has his remnant. In some of that, there's a real desire to see a real revival in the sense of, like, you know, people turning back to God. And I, I strongly and passionately feel that this is going to, involve a return to handling the word properly soundly um they might be seeking for signs for these wild acts of the spirit like what we saw in the early chapters of acts but it's the power is going to be in the word absolutely mm-hmm. do you guys see i don't know if it was earlier this year that they did it they put on this big 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 convention and uh, I think it was in Atlanta and people like Tim Tebow and the Robinson guys, the duck hunters were there. And yeah, um, I think Ravi Zacharias even paid attention, paid, paid attention, paid a visit. He was probably the closest to sound doctrine that was on that stage um, because then they had just a whole slew of like Louis Giglio and all these other false teachers. But yeah. I mean, see, this is the type of thing that gets to you is is these massive conventions and and whatever you want to call them, you know, these false teachers are just pumping these things out left and right because one, they have the money to do so, two, makes them more money and it's attractive, right? It's like, oh, I'm gonna get to go to this concert and hear these bands, and then some guy's gonna talk on stage for twenty minutes. Who cares? Yeah. It, Whereas, like, I'm digging in for the Doc and Devo conference coming up in in October, and I'm going to go listen to, you know, 16 hours worth of gospel preaching with, like, five minutes of song and praise in between each set. That's assuming we have the freedom to attend conferences by October. Well, in in Illinois, if you don't, I'm pretty sure we'll just overthrow the governor at this point. I think (laughs) people are sick of it. Yeah. California? Yeah. Yeah, Chris, Chris, you're locked down until the end of time. Probably, they'll, they'll keep expanding or it'll keep extending. I'll you better up. better send us a selfie from the gulag. <laughs> the gulag. Catch me outside. You catch me outside at Phoenix by that point, maybe. We'll see what oh, happens. Man. 
Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we've reached an hour and a half of rambling and mindless jibber jabber. Hopefully, we had a conversation that was worthwhile and just just maybe you know educational and maybe coherent. Coherent, possibly, is a word. I don't know. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna call Matt out really quick because I just happened to look at my DMs. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy 20 minutes ago matt dms me i was wondering why he was a little quiet for a few minutes he says keep the convo going with chris for a second my bladder is about to explode <laughs> and i waited another like 20 minutes before i actually went <laughs> oh my god i really had to go so i like when you started your story about the guy i'm like oh i've seen this he sent a screenshot so i <laughs> My like bike. Go I ran out and I like peed for 30 seconds and ran back. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, see the life of a podcaster, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so he's he's got it. He, oh he's got a tiny man bladder, and I'm sitting in a garage that's 130 degrees, and Chris is literally in, in sweltering hell of LA. This is what we do. Happy. <laughs> this is what we do to produce content for you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is this podcasting world. Is this what I'm getting myself into? This now? is exactly what you're getting yourself into. Oh, uh, actually, it's it's I love it because it gives me the ability to you know get you guys to come on a show, have a great conversation. Um, I've been able to discuss a ton of things that are you know close to my heart and important to me, yeah. and hopefully the church as we've gone through the attribute series. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I could, as I said, on the, the call with Mark this weekend, this past Sunday night, I I could talk about this stuff forever. And it's, it stinks that I cap it in an hour because like I can go for hours Yeah, and and I like, I love nothing more than to talk scripture, to talk the gospel, to talk this, you know, the church and the state of the church and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I love it. It just and it really puts uh, fuel under me. So, you know, yeah. doing this podcast was a huge blessing in disguise. Nice, nice. So, any closing thoughts um, for this particular episode, Chris? Absolutely. Um, we're guys. We enjoy chatting with each other. With each other, we've been on a uh, group thread on Instagram. We have fun. We'll, we'll poke the bear as it is. Um, but I, I know that everything we talk about, nothing's to beat anybody over the head. Nothing's to like, oh, we're just going to sit here and rag on these things. We want to see. We're concerned with the health of the modern church. I mean, as persecution starts to ramp up, as things get tougher and tougher in the world, like we need a spiritually strong and healthy church. Because that's what's going to weather the persecution. I mean, you look back at the church in the first century. Uh, I mean, Christianity was illegal. And, and they made it. I mean, it. it we got to get back to the word. We got to get back to handling the word soundly. We got to strengthen the modern church. We have to. It's mm-hmm. going to become necessary. It is absolutely going to become necessary more and more so as time goes on. So it's. It's a it's of a concern for the church, the state of the church. It's not just to sit and poke the bear, as much as we can sit and poke the bear. And those are my thoughts. 
I agree. Good thoughts. And Matt, closing thoughts. Yeah, when you when you ask the question about do we see reformation happening in modern America, uh, I'm going to differ a bit with you here, Alex. I fully believe we will see that because just as like an encouragement, not I don't want to leave everybody with just doom and gloom by the end of this, um, <laughs> but I, when I when you read. The early church. I've been doing a lot of studying in the early church. I love it. Great stuff. There was the Arian controversy, which I won't oh, go into yeah. the details mm-hmm. of that. But that about it, people. Yeah, when which Rome said is absolutely on the nose when he said the world awoke to find itself Arian. It swept the entirety of the visible church was be, was part of this Arian movement almost except for a very small remnant of faithful people, Athanasius being the, the head leader of this, um, that fought against this Arian uh, heresy. And he, for many faithful years, getting exiled, um, Athanasius wrote and wrote and fought and fought, and he won. The gospel triumphed and brought the church back to a biblical understanding of who Jesus is, or at least in the right direction. Uh, we can argue if all of his beliefs were biblical, but the point is, is that the state of the church back then was, you could look at that in the same way we're looking at this now. I mean, think of the believers back then who were looked, all. will we ever see this Aryan controversy go away. Mm. And we're looking, will we ever see the woke movement? Uh, will, will we ever see that disperse and, and see biblical churches become mainstream again? Mm. I think by the power of God, I, I believe that that could, is a very real possibility because there are many faithful men who are standing against us. Not as many as, as I would like, like yeah. we've got a we've got a our our handful mm-hmm. uh, but they're taking the stand and if god can accomplish what he did in in the you know when athanasius was around at the, i forget which century that was uh it's like with third, just one third, third or fourth yeah it was the third i think it, i think it was closer to like the fourth because oh yeah because the uh the council of nicaea was mid fourth century so it had to be yeah. fourth and fifth um I believe he can he can do that again today through his faithful men. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I wouldn't say that there's not a chance, right? I mean, there's obviously uh, with God all things can happen. I'm not going to quote Paul because that would be pulling that text out of context. But <laughs> I'm saying that if God wants to right. bring a reformation, He's going to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and I don't think we can stop it but certainly we can't start it yeah so if there is a reformation to come it's going to be because god has blessed this nation for a reformation and and that's just why mm. i think that i'm probably leaning more on the pessimistic side that you might see a different nation rise up to be more orthodox because of the the amount of persecution they face for their desire for true, authentic biblical knowledge and mm-hmm. 
see that in China right now. And so who knows? I mean, who knows what the future is going to bring? And probably in our lifetime, we may not see much of a, a swing into either direction. Right. It may be 20, it may be 20 years after we're gone. It may be, you know, another hundred years. I mean, we could wake up tomorrow and Jesus could be cracking the sky open and coming back. So that would be wonderful. Right. Okay. Uh, be all right well, if, if you're a dispensational, we have to have at least seven years, seven oh, years, yeah. right? Oh, there's gotta be a rap. There's gotta be a rapture first and then seven yeah. years of tribulation. And then right. some guy from the middle East is going to become the false teacher. And no, it's Kirk, Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates. And then Kirk Cameron's going to come in and save people. And oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so. well, you, you do have some very few, but some dispensationals that are post-trib and their their rapture belief. Yeah. Mm. So I guess if you're referring to Jesus coming pre-rapture in his or, or pre-tribulation for the rapture, he could come tomorrow if you're a dispensational. Mm, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But all of that will be discussed in length on our eschatology series as I <laughs> dig into that in August. So stay tuned because that's going to be a heck of a show. I am so excited, guys. I have recorded the intro, which the patrons will get next week. And then I've recorded the second episode, which I'm not going to say on air because I want to kind of keep the premise under wraps nice until the first episode airs august 7th like obviously we're going to talk about you know the the four views the four main views and then we're going to talk about you know revelation and things like that but i'm not going to tell you anymore but uh, i'm very excited the second episode's recorded and i'm very I, i like the way that went um and I've got uh, a couple people lined up to record additional episodes. And I think it's going to be one great series. So Alex is going to come out of the dispensational closet. I am not dispensational. I can tell you that right now. I am also. Yeah, that's about it. Um, <laughs> I, I I probably, if anything, lean more a millennial, a millennialism right now, but that is that could potentially be changed but i doubt it will be so we'll see the final episode i will tell you this the final episode in this whole series probably in like 2022 is going <laughs> to be it's a long series that i have planned um I'm with, it. I'm with it good uh that will be like me finally unpacking what i believe and saying this makes the most sense to me type show so that's good that's good but alex yeah, no. It's not about what makes most sense to you. It's about it's what the most, text says. Well, it's what's most scripture, and you can use scripture to argue any of the four points, which is... But only one of them is right. But only, what, if, what if all four were right <laughs> at the same time? Like, you're going to get raptured, and then the seven-year trip happens, but then you have to live through the seven-year trip and then raptured after it all at the same time. Like, it's just one big pile of stuff. We get raptured, sent back. Yeah, you get raptured, sent back, seven years tribulation, re-raptured again, and then yeah. Oh, I can I can get behind this. This is the new this is a new 
we're going to call it woke millennialism oh, eschatology. Okay. You okay. guys made my head spin. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking like doing like Amil, but with the A standing for Alex. <laughs> Man, I like wo- I like woke mill. Woke yeah, mill. woke mill's oh, better. Yeah. Oh, please let this hashtag start trending. Woke yeah, let, let's throw it up. If you're if you're in Instagram, uh, and this episode airs, you'll get a sound clip. I might even clip this particular sound just for this episode, which has absolutely nothing to do with this episode. That's outstanding. <laughs> just just to see if we can get woke mill trending on Instagram. <laughs> That's so awful. So that means when you, if you listen to the soundbite for this episode, share hashtag woke mill just so we can see it go out. Um, So that's how we roll here on Dying Light Ministries. This is the reformation we want to see in the This is the reformation (laughs) that we want to see. Oh, man. All right, guys. We've racked out 100 an hour and 43 minutes. I was going to say 143 minutes. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's late. It's far later in the evening for me than it is for you two gentlemen. Matt, it's like 10 in the morning for you. And <laughs> Well, close enough. It's 8 at night, but that's close enough. You're at 8. I'm at a comfortable 9.16. Oh, my gosh. I'm dead. I got to get up early because I have a two-year-old daughter. So oh, Yeah. Uh, you need to get some sleep. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to... I'm going to close the show out, guys. It was a pleasure having you on. We went through a ton of topics and covered a lot of material. And I really hope that just one person looks at this episode and says, that was a good episode. That's all I want out of it. Anytime I release an episode, that's all I want. One person saying, I enjoyed that episode. I got something out of it. If two people do, then that's a blessing. Nice. I'm going to comment that on the episode. Do it. I'll hashtag, be the person. Hashtag woke millennial. <laughs> woke mill. Woke Dat mill. Woke. Oh my goodness. Dat woke mill. Oh boy. Oh All right. Boy. All right, kids, ladies, and gentlemen, go enjoy the rest of your day and have a great weekend. Peace out. God bless. We'll see you next. Well, wait. We'll see you Friday because I'm going to release this early. Bam. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.